0: this week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer I mean I think it's like a sex thing Yeah but you think everything is a sex thing
1: Yeah Hello and welcome to Above the Gilmore Slayer, I'm Brian Morris.
0: I'm Stacey Kulo, and we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
1: And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows.
0: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
1: And this week we watched season 5 episode 19 of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Tough Love.
0: As well as Gilmore Girls, but I'm a Gilmore. We watched these for our watch party, with our watch party friends on Patreon.
1: We did, I was like deathly ill for this
0: Yes, you were. I'm not deathly ill, but I I did get ill from your illness.
1: But not as ill.
0: Yeah, I had like a much different thing than you. Mine was more like a cold, and it was mildly annoying, but...
1: Mine was like straight up bronchitis.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say I felt like I had bronchitis at all.
1: I took like a million COVID tests, and no.
0: I took one, but since yours wasn't, and mine didn't seem like COVID, I assume mine was not as well.
1: But it was a fun watch party. I'm glad the people came. They're really funny. We have a lot of funny followers.
0: Yeah, the, the chat was poppin is that a thing people say
1: yeah that's what the youngsters are saying now
0: we had a fun weekend we went to a baby shower and a going away party
1: it's a lot of train rides
0: yeah we we spent a lot of time on the train those were in two different states so yeah but it was fun we saw so many people
1: so many people but we missed you guys the most
0: yeah we kept thinking about i wonder what their doll doing right now
1: (laughs) their doll doing did we get any five-star reviews
0: we did Thank you so much to Lexi Sarge, Mission Drew from Australia, and GLCR from Guatemala. Thank you. I don't think we've had anyone from Guatemala. Also, Lexi Sarge writes that they found this podcast a week ago and binged all of it. That seems impossible at this point. (laughs) Way to go.
1: You did the math and it was possible, but she's not sleeping a lot.
0: Yeah, I I think maybe they are moving this week and like, cleaning out their house, maybe. Maybe they have a job where they can listen. But thank you so much for plowing through all of that. Yeah. Someday we'll go back and listen. Who knows what we said back then.
1: And also, we should plug your show.
0: Yeah, this is the last time we're releasing a podcast before the night of my show on August 1st. Please come. Just a reminder, it's 9.30 in New York City at the Asylum Theater, Monday, August 1st. I co-wrote, directed, and am acting in it with my writing partner, Jared, and our cast is super funny. As of recording this, we've done a rehearsal or two, and it's, it's looking good, guys. I, I think you're going to have a good time. If you have been to a restaurant or have ever thought about going to a restaurant, or especially if you've worked in a restaurant, it's, this is for you. You're coming, right, Brian? Uh,
1: I have something else going on that day. Um,
0: no, I worked so hard no, on it.
1: Of course I'm coming. You're so funny, and I read some of the sketches, and they're so good. But right now, I think it's time to talk about Buffy. Okay. Stacy, please tell us all about Tough Love.
0: So this episode is about, I mean, kind of a lot of things. Buffy's kind of losing control of Dawn and needs to put her foot down. And Glory's starting to figure some stuff out and is um, not being cool to Buffy and her friends. I'm being vague because I'm going to get into it, but it feels like this is the beginning of the end of the season for sure. Yeah. We're on the the bottom hill of the roller coaster going up, up, up. So Bubby has gone to campus to quit all of her classes. She says she can't be in school right now because she has to take care of her sister. She seems sad to quit this particular class. She tells the professor that she really liked it, and she helps him get a slide out of his slide projector.
1: Yeah, using her super strength, I guess.
0: Yeah. I don't know why they have a slide projector. I guess it's a poetry class, but he's showing slides of poems, maybe. That could be. Ben is also struggling to maintain his work-family balance and gets fired from his job. Apparently he's been gone for two weeks and was not aware of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is supposed to suggest that Glory's, like, getting stronger, or if, like, this does just happen sometimes.
0: Right, like, is he usually just gone for an hour or two?
1: Right. The amount of time that he is Glory or not Glory seems to be kind of random.
0: Yeah. He tries to say it's not his fault, but obviously that's not a good enough excuse, which the doctor points out. He's like, what, are you going to tell me next that there's a wicked demonic creature who takes control of your body and forces you to do its bidding? I was a little on the nose. It felt like in um, The Body when Buffy was, like, hearing things that people didn't actually say. You know, like Ben. Right, right.
1: Well, it's funny because, like, to us it's supposed to be, like, wink, wink, ha ha. He's actually right, even though he thinks he's saying something crazy. But honestly, he's a doctor in Sunnydale. He was probably like, is that what's happening? Because, like, it could be. We get a lot of that.
0: I don't know. People seem unaware of the supernatural until they need to know in this reality.
1: I had two of those this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I just can't imagine how, like, not everyone in Sunnydale knows this stuff. But you gotta think the doctors are like, we've seen a lot of horn piercings. We've seen a lot of vampires. Last time Puffy was at the hospital, vampire just got up in, like, the autopsy room. So this shit's gotta be happening a lot. Like, they just had a security guard get, like, his neck snapped in the... Shit happens at the hospital.
0: Yeah, who cleaned up the vampire in the morgue?
1: I mean, the janitor probably just swept him up.
0: So Ben's packing up his locker. He's upset that Glory's ruining his life when Glory pops to the surface and says she's hungry. Later, Glory's taking a bath while three blindfolded minions hold various bath time amenities for her.
1: Is this funny for you? Did you think this was funny? In my head, I'm like, would she care that they saw her naked? I feel like her naked, she probably thinks her human body's... I guess she is vain, but... I'm having trouble wrapping my head around Glory's like she's like an all-powerful god like I feel like she wouldn't care about people seeing her naked.
0: Yeah, on the one hand I think she would want to show off her body because she thinks she's the best, but I think right. she also thinks these guys are gross and like maybe aren't worthy of seeing her body naked.
1: But like if if like a fly was in the room while I was changing, I wouldn't be like, "Oh no, that fly is going to see me naked." You know what I mean? And I feel like that's how she kind of thinks of other creatures is, like, so below her that the idea of being embarrassed is silly.
0: But that fly can't go tell people about your naked body.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you that these little leopard dudes are only gonna say positive things.
0: She's kind of over-trusting these guys to find the key, so she's like, tell me everything you saw when you were spying on Buffy and her crew and I'll see if I can put the pieces together myself. Buffy is with Dawn at the principal's office. Apparently Dawn's been skipping school to go buy blue rubber jackets (laughs) she's got this like i guess it's probably leather it's very cute it just looks so thick and squeaky and she's wearing it over a turquoise turtleneck again dressed so warm for may (laughs) in southern california buffy's wearing like a little tie this whole episode also kind of cute but at some point i was like relax buffy it's been a long day take off your tie yeah she's got
1: this it it looks silly she's got like a little tie on all day (laughs)
0: I thought it was cute at first, but at some point I was
1: expecting an outfit change. Yeah.
0: Maybe it was meant to show she's like being strangled by her problems.
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: The principal asked Dawn to leave the room so she can tell Buffy something in private, which we'll find out more about later. At the magic shop, Anya has realized she's an American and how the most American thing is capitalism. So she's like harassing some old people to buy stuff. This felt like filler or set up for something later.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think she's big on capitalism. They set that up. Yeah. When she's kept winning Monopoly.
0: Yeah. I mean, this episode, a lot of stuff happens at the end, but the first part felt pretty slow. Like there was just a lot of chatting in this scene. Yeah, Buffy and Dawn stop by so that Buffy can get advice from Giles about Dawn to go in the back and talk alone. He tells Buffy she's just going to have to put her foot down. And she's like, great. uh, Will you do it? (laughs) He's like, no, no. You're her real family. She needs you to do it. It's a sweet scene because he's being very fatherly. Mm -hmm. And she wants him to do it because she thinks Dom will listen to him. And he's like, yeah, just like you always have. Because she hasn't. She used to never listen to him. Yeah. She's like, I listen. Maybe.
1: You don't.
0: But they leave the back room. Buffy's psyched herself up to lay down the law. Before she went back with Giles, she had told Dawn to do her homework, but they come out to find Xander, Willow, and Anya lying in a triangle on the ground, just like the episode Triangle. Nothing like that.
1: I was (laughs) going to say, how is it like that? (laughs)
0: Because they were a triangle.
1: Okay. They were just remembering the episode Triangle. That's what this was.
0: They're on the ground, Dawn's standing in the middle, they're just all like giggling and stuff. Buffy's not happy to see all this tomfoolery taking place when homework should be getting done, but fun aunt Willow tries to explain this was all to help Dawn with her geometry.
1: Willow's the real villain of this episode, honestly. Kind of.
0: (laughs) For a while, anyway. Yeah. And she wants Buffy to go easier on Dawn, but Buffy's not having it. She's decided she's taking a stern approach. Willow invites them to come to the World Culture Fair with her and Tara, and Buffy's like, yeah, I, I don't think so. I agree with Buffy. The show should maybe stop trying to make culture happen. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what? Remember that culture dance or whatever in Inga Mummy Girl? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. That was like, ooh, this is all cancel material now yeah
0: it's maybe not and we'll we'll get there
1: justin Trudeau is there it's like whoa 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 dude you gotta go
0: <laughs> i think they maybe got the note from make a mummy girl <laughs>
1: yeah. but
0: it, the culture fair is i don't know why they even called it that
1: because there was a dragon yeah we did see a dragon
0: <laughs> glory meanwhile seems to have figured out who the key is and admits she's impressed with the monk's work because they made the key seem so human so her and her minions are off to find the key. We're like, oh, it's Dawn. And then we see some of them creeping outside Buffy's house where inside Buffy is trying to help Dawn come up with a schedule and a plan for her life. Dawn's like, yeah, no, this is all stupid. I'm not real. So why do I need an education or to do chores? She actually has a great line. She's like, those monks put grades K through eight in my head. Can't we just wait and see if they drop nine in there too?
1: It's <laughs> like, that's fair. Yeah, you also want to be like, can I reach out to the monks? That's her phrasing, monks. Yeah, monks. Can I reach monks out to monks. the monks and throw some other memories in there, maybe some fantasies? Let's just do some total recall shit, please.
0: I totally get where Dawn is coming from, but let Buffy explain a bit. Because Buffy goes on to enlighten Dawn on how serious this is and what the principal said when she left the room before in her squeaky coat. The principal said that if Dawn doesn't do school, then Buffy will probably be found unfit to be her legal guardian and Dawn will get taken away unknown where to, maybe to their dad, maybe to foster care. I feel like because she's been in school, the system, like, knows she exists. So, yeah, her having to go to foster care is something they would have to deal with. Yeah. Because they live under the government. But really, the only other reason she would need to go to school is if she intends to live normally in society, like get an education and job, whatever. Yeah. But Buffy doesn't really belong in society, so... Buffy and Giles could just, like, train Dawn to do whatever. It's kind of the same as when Buffy was in high school. I feel like we always questioned, like, why she had to go. Like, slang is going to be her job that no one paid yeah. her for. Yeah. It's kind of the same with Dawn. She has no superpower that we know of yet, but can't she just, like, join the family business? It doesn't seem like she wants to live a normal life.
1: Also, let's just be real, all right? As much as, like, people complain about Dawn, and I am on board with I find her annoying a lot of the time. It's like she just found out nothing is real. Her mom just died. It's like maybe she doesn't want to do her fucking geometry homework. I didn't want to do it, and I had pimples, so that was my big struggle. So
0: I love geometry.
1: Actually, to be honest, geometry was great. I loved. I was really good at that. L- l- arithmetic, okay, I was not good at that. Algebra. Not, arithmetic is a b- very like, basic. Yeah. What? <laughs> Colors, I couldn't figure them out. Letters, Letters were tough. Don't get them. Don't understand them. So I don't blame her for being like, yeah, I don't feel like fucking doing this right now. I might not exist tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm like, just let her do whatever. There is the threat of her being put in foster care because she is a child that adults know exists. Right. But you could also argue she's a child and isn't mature enough to make that decision yet, so maybe it's best to keep up the status quo. Mm -hmm. But you could also argue she's a ball of energy and she's not actually a 14-year-old girl, so. Yeah, totally. Willow and Tara are getting ready to go to the World Culture Fair. Willow's filling Tara in on Buffy's mood at the magic shop. But Tara kind of takes Buffy's side. Willow's like, I don't know. She's becoming too intense about the whole Dawn thing. She's just going to make her more rebellious. And Tara starts to talk about what things were like for her family when her mom died. And then Willow's kind of like, yeah, yeah, your mom died. We get it, Tara. (laughs) Not, Not in so many words, but she like rolls her eyes a bit like this again. And sweetheart Tara apologizes for like somehow this being her fault, making this confrontational. Willow's like, no, it's fine. I was snippy. I just feel like my opinion on the matter doesn't matter because I haven't lost my mom. And then Willow goes on to insinuate that Tara maybe does sort of come across like a know-it-all about this stuff. And Willow feels like the junior partner, she says. Mm -hmm. I mean, as Tara says, it's not like she's had 10 moms die. It's just the one. But maybe she does know a little bit more about this than Willow. And Willow's just being insecure. Yeah. But Willow also knows Buffy better. So maybe Tara doesn't necessarily
1: know what's best. It's tough. Also, couples fight about stupid things all the time. Yeah. So even if Willow is wrong, I don't know, like, maybe maybe she is right. I don't know what we're supposed to really believe, you know?
0: I didn't get the impression Tara was being annoying about it. We've only seen her do it, like, once or twice. Right. But Willow goes on to admit that she's insecure about some other stuff, that Tara's been out longer, that Tara's been a witch longer. And Tara's like, well, yeah, but you're already more powerful than me as a witch. It actually frightens me. And is like, wait, 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 what now? Tara's like, no, I, I didn't mean frightened. I meant impressed. Willis like, yeah, sure, honey. I know what a Freudian slip is. My psych teacher was maybe skewered by her own creation before we finished the class, but we covered Freud. Yeah. You don't trust me? Tara's like, no, I do. It's just you're changing so much, so fast. I don't know where you're heading. I don't know where I'm going to fit into your life. And is like, what, when my lesbian phase is over? Wow. So then she takes Tara's concerns to mean that she's worried about Willow going back to dating guys, which right. I thought was a bit of a jump for Willow to make. Yeah. I thought Tara was pretty clearly talking about the magic stuff. Yeah. And in the previous episode, Tara had a very quick, but I'm sure intentional mention that Willow was growing more powerful than her. Yeah. To set this up. So we do know this is something Tara's thinking about, and we have no evidence that Tara's been questioning Willow's sexuality. Right. Right. But when Willow brings it up, Tara does not say, what are you talking about? That's not what I meant at all.
1: Right. I agree with you that the show did do a great job of like implanting that seed in there or showing us that before this fight. But that doesn't mean it wasn't happening like off screen. And maybe the show didn't really want to like set that up too hard because they were like, it, there's no non-messy, non-offensive way to like talk about this at this point. Sure. Like, maybe Joss was like, yeah, I don't really know how to navigate these waters, so we'll just say that this is happening in the background.
0: Yeah. So Willow's upset. She storms out. She's not going to the culture fair. She goes to the magic shop to be sad on a pile of pillows. <laughs> yeah. We made this joke at the watch party, but it kind of looked like our cat's couch. It just it looked like a tiny little couch the way she yeah. was sitting. I think it was a stack of pillows, though. Then we cut to the World Culture Fair, where we have cultural world things like red, white, and blue balloons everywhere, <laughs> American cheerleaders, footballs, popcorn, bike police, a big stuffed panda, maybe a German guy. There's flags from every country. Yeah. And as Brian said, there is a Chinese dragon and like a Buddha statue, but I don't know. It feels like an American carnival with like two things from Asia.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we missed something.
0: I looked again. <laughs> if, if it's there, it's not featured. The football might be a rugby ball. It's all white, but I don't that's, know that that's... rugby
1: ball. is. <laughs> so it's cultures.
0: I, I don't know. It's like they didn't want to do what they did in Inga Mummy Girl. But they also, like, should have just called it a different kind of fair then. Yeah, I don't know. There was no reason for it to be world cultural. That didn't, like, have significance somehow. Like, uh-oh, this thing from ancient India is scaring everybody. You know what I mean? Like...
1: Sure, I mean, there was no, I mean, I don't know, it was just something to do. And maybe the show was like, we got to be more inclusive. And it's like, okay, but this isn't being more inclusive, just saying there's a culture fair right. that one person goes to.
0: That's <laughs> very American. So Tara's gone to the cultural fair. She's sitting alone on a bench. I guess hoping Willow shows up. I don't know why else she would go. I would have just stayed in the room and been sad. But someone does come down and sit next to her and grabs her hand. It's not Willow, though. It's Glory. Whew. Back at the magic shop, Giles asks Willow if she's all right. She's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, okay," because your good mood is both obvious and contagious. <laughs> she tells him about her fight with Tara. He's like, "Oh, that's that's too bad. Let's stop talking about this. I am uncomfortable." <laughs> I mean, not really, but he just clearly is like, "Yeah, people fight. Um, books, books, books." <laughs> He's like, doesn't really want to dive too deep into this relationship drama. He does reassure her it'll be okay, but he's distracted by some noise coming from behind a door. He must know it's a minion spying because he kind of just casually uses the door to like fake out the minion. He opens yeah. it and then he like knocks the minion in the head with the door right away.
1: If he didn't, he's probably later like, man, I really made that look smooth.
0: Mm-hmm. So Giles sets the guy in a chair and starts polishing his ripper hand.
1: And you know, wait, his lit is he, he polishes his hand? Yes.
0: He, like, gets out a handkerchief and starts, like, rubbing his hand all intimidatingly with it.
1: I thought it was his glasses.
0: I think his glasses are on.
1: That means it's real fucking serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I know.
0: I want to see this. I want to see what I'm about to do. And the guy's like, I'll never talk. I'll never betray Glorificus. And then Diles asks Anya and Willow to get some twine so they can tie him up. And while they're turned around, you hear a crack. And the guy's like, I'll tell you anything. What did Giles do?
1: Yeah, I don't know. He probably, like, broke his own hand and showed it to the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care.
0: Because Anya's like, Yo, what happened? Giles says he changed his mind. I don't know. He clearly didn't want the women to see what he did.
1: He just broke his dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he looks fine, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, looks fine. He looks fine for what he is, which is like a melting yeah. leprosy elf. <laughs> like...
0: So he confesses that he and his friends are supposed to watch the Slayer's friends while Glory gets the key from the witch. So they realize he means Glory thinks the key is Tara and Willow is just like off to find her. Yeah. Glory's really holding Tara's hand now, like crunching her bones, making it bleed. Very romantic. (laughs) No, it's scary. Yeah. She's like, don't bother screaming. I'll just kill anyone who tries to help you. And then she indicates she thinks that she's the key and she licks the blood off of their hands. Gross. But somehow tasting Tara's blood makes her realize this isn't the key. She's like, God damn it. You're not the key. You're nothing. She's very upset because Tara lied to her if she didn't. Tara has
1: dead word. This scene is like super creepy. I feel like they did a great job. And someone else pointed this out during the watch party of just like ramping up the tension here. Because, like, Glory sits down and grabs her hand, and, like, it's just, like, breaking it nonchalantly, but also Tara can't scream, because she's like, yeah, I'll just kill innocent people, and it'll be your fault. Mm-hmm. It's, like, super tense, and it's so great, because Glory's got this whole, like, sort of like the mayor, and then, like, hey, everything's hunky-dory and good, but it's, like, sinister.
0: Yeah. She does not, like, overhand.
1: Yeah. And so it was just like, oh, this is intense, and also, like, Tara can die, I feel like. She's not a season one character, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool because it's like surrounded by this like very happy
1: carnival yeah, thing. It's the middle of the day, it's very much not what you expect when someone's gonna die or is in danger.
0: Yeah, Gloria likes to hang out in the middle of the day.
1: So I thought the the tension here was well done.
0: So she's upset at Tara, but she tells Tara she can make it up to her by telling her who the real key is. And if she doesn't, she'll do that brain sucking thing to her. And she lays out like specifically what the brain sucking thing does to a person. She said it makes you feel like you're in a noisy little dark room or things are trying to hurt you because you're bad and things like crawl inside your skull and keep crawling around and talking to you. But Tara's like, okay, I'll do that because I'm not going to tell you who the key is.
1: Yeah, you kind of get the impression that that's maybe what Glory feels like when she hasn't sucked a brain in a while.
0: Yeah, it did seem like she was describing it for personal experience. Yeah. She's like, okay, I warned you. And Willow now is there. She's running, running through the fair to try to stop her. She's, like, trying to do a spell, but she doesn't quite remember all of it. She can see Glory and Tara on the bench, but it's too late. Glory starts doing the brain thing, and the Chinese dragon gets in Willow's way. She can't stop her. Glory disappears. Willow gets to Tara, but she's ceased making sense.
1: (laughs) That's how they're going to break it to the crew, too. (laughs) Guys, Tara is... I hate to say this, she's ceased making sense.
0: <laughs> what?
1: That's the nicest way I could put what happened to her.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's like the
1: other people we've seen, Glory. Yeah, she's insane now. She's lost her sanity.
0: It's so sad. Tara was so brave. Yeah, I know. She loves Dawn. Everyone fucking loves Dawn, yo.
1: Yeah, they got good memories of her.
0: At the hospital, the doctor who's still high off of firing Ben is letting them know that Tara's got to stay in the psych ward for one night for observation and then Willow can take her home. He asks if Tara's her sister, and Willow says, she's my everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was sweet.
0: The gang's all there. Sandra and Giles agree that they hate this place. And Anya's like, yeah, it's like communism. something <laughs> <laughs> she hates.
1: She's big on capitalism, and uh, that's coming through now.
0: Buffy shows up. She's gotten Spike to babysit Dawn. I guess that makes sense. They're besties. But it's all very sad. Poor Willow. They had a big fight, and who knows if Tara's going to be like this forever. These scenes are probably so hard to do because the actors, especially Willow, need to be very sad and serious. But I bet Tara having to deliver these like nonsense lines is a little funny.
1: Yeah. Considering everyone is just playing, it's very funny.
0: Yeah. I suppose they know the script. Like she's not just like improvising nonsense. So they know what she's about to say. But Willow's very upset. Buffy's like, you need to just rest. There's nothing else you can do right now. Willow's like, oh, yes, there is. Buffy's like, no, no, you can't take on Glory. And Willow says, well, just because you can't beat her doesn't mean I can't. And Buffy seemingly convinces her now is not the time. But Willow leaves. She wants to be alone in Giles' magic shop to steal all the naughty, restricted stuff, like a big old lock book named Darkest Magic with a K.
1: Which we pointed this out. This is in English. Why is this ancient <laughs> text in English?
0: <laughs> also, Giles, you need a better system. People be stealing your bad books. Often.
1: Yeah. In the library, you lock them up. Here, you're just like, well, you got to go up some stairs. (laughs) So a lot of demons won't do that.
0: It's just like tucked behind some books on a shelf. There's nothing. Put like a rope at the bottom of the stairs or something. Glory's gone home. She's feeling great after her tear up snack. She's feeling optimistic that she's just got to pick off Buffy's friends one by one. One of them's bound to be the key. But speaking of Buffy's friends, Willow comes floating in on an earthquake. (laughs) Her eyes are all black. There's wind in her hair. Or she's saying a spell. Glory's not worried, but Willow kind of gets her a little bit. Yeah. She like freezes her and then lightning bolts her. All right, Willow. You got some moves. Why are her eyes black? That's never really explained, but Doc's eyes were black. So that must mean like bad news, dark magic stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's connected to dark magic because I mean, she's using dark magic.
0: Yeah. She's never seen that
1: before on her. Well, I don't know that she's tried spells as powerful before. Sure. She's good at it. Yeah, she's good.
0: Spike has taken Dawn to a fake, fit cave. <laughs> Dawn's starting to realize the weight of the situation, that she's causing all these people pain because they're putting themselves in harm's way for her. She says she must be something really horrible to cause this much pain and death to all these people around her. Spike's like, no, I'm a vampire. I'm evil. You're not evil. She's like, fine, maybe I'm not evil, but I don't think I can be good. He's like, well, I'm not good, and I'm okay. This is nice.
1: Yeah. To be fair, though, uh, Spike, you have done things that aren't good at all. Uh, you're just temporarily okay. It's true.
0: But he's getting better. He's learning. He's growing. There's actually a cute moment where Spike, like, sees that she's sad and goes to stroke her hair, like, when she's not looking, but that she turns towards him and he, like, plays it cool like he wasn't about to do that.
1: Yeah. Spike's relationship with Dawn is interesting, right? It, we From the scene, I think we're supposed to sense that he has some sort of affection for Dawn. Not romantic but, like, maybe feels bad that she feels bad.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's more than just Buffy. I do think they bonded a little.
1: Well, yeah, but I I also think it's related to, I feel like it's because she's got some of Buffy in her. Because I I don't think that Spike has empathy for people, though. Like, that's not what he's about. He has empathy for Buffy because he's in love with Buffy, but he doesn't have empathy for other people, including friends, so...
0: Could it be that he empathizes with her because they're both sort of, like, misunderstood creatures?
1: Maybe, I, I just don't think that vampires have empathy. So I, we've talked about this before. Spike sort of breaks the mold of what the show is set up. Mm-hmm. The show's set up. Vampires, stone cold killers, psychopaths. They do not have any love or remorse. And the show Angel has like furthered that.
0: I feel like Harmony does a little bit.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Harmony really does though. Because she turns on them like immediately after apologizing and trying to be their best friend.
0: Harmony recently showed up an episode of Angel, if you don't know what we're talking about. But she, like, is gonna maybe hurt Cordelia briefly, and then realizes she feels bad about that. And, like, doesn't want to hurt people. She wants to try to be a better vampire.
1: Yeah, I mean, then she says that, but I think she's, like, looking for purpose. Yeah. I don't know that she actually... Because then she turns on them again and again in the episode, so... I guess my point is, is that like, I, it's an interesting point because up until this <laughs> Your moment. Your point is an
0: interesting point.
1: My point is an interesting point, And here's the point. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to think. Because everything that until this moment has led us to believe that Spike can't be empathetic, but he is being empathetic. Up to you to tell me why that is. To you me? being the audience.
0: Oh, right. Buffy meets them there after she leaves the hospital and gives them the updates about Tara. She tells them that she talked Willow out of doing something stupid. And Spike's like, yeah, sure you did. I was like, no, I explained to her that it would be like suicide to go after Glory. And Spike all shyly is like, well, I'd do it for the person I loved. And he did. He nearly sacrificed himself for Buffy last week. Yeah. Spike. sweet pie. <laughs> Buffy seems to maybe put this together, that Spike's talking about what he did. But it's Dawn saying, imagine if Glory had done that to me. That really makes Buffy snap into action, realizing she's got to go bail Willow out. Willow's doing some shatter tricks. She like shatters some mirror glass of glory, which makes a mess, but doesn't really do anything. It, it seems like her abilities are wearing off. Her glory's adapting. I don't know. Nothing's really working anymore. She's like, you think I care about any of this? The apartment? The clothes? She kind of does, though. She does kind of care about those things.
1: Yeah. She's got a lot of shoes. Uh, she cares.
0: Yeah. She would just live anywhere if she didn't care. It's interesting that she was able to stop her at first, but quickly, I would say cannot at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, Willow can't really do any lasting damage to Glory, but Glory was maybe just taken off guard by how strong she was. Sure. And that's why the first couple attacks sort of hit, because she was sort of like, wait, what? And then now she's sort of like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like, I got this now.
0: Willow summons her bag of knives and throws them at Glory. Glory catches all of them. She launches a table at Willow and knocks her out. Willow tries to summon a snake to get her. Glory basically just, like, kicks the snake away.
1: I do like how this scene progresses, though, because it goes from, like, this, like, power fantasy of revenge to, like, Glory being like, yeah, no, I'm the big bad this season, and this ain't shit. Like, uh, I'm not worried about it. And Willow's, like, yelp really feels real. It feels like she really is hurt.
0: Then Willow spits in her face. That was a mistake. She's about to do some real nasty shit to Willow with a knife, but then Buffy shows up just in time and grabs her hand before she can. Buffy fights her a bit, which we all know doesn't really work, but Glory says something like that witch really slowed me down.
1: Yeah, it seems very voiced over.
0: It is. It's 100% later. They were like, you know what? We should add that in just so it's clear that Willow did do some some damage to her. Yeah. Buffy's still not really hurting Glory. Like she's landing some punches and Glory's not straight up destroying her like usual, but Buffy's able to like, defend herself. She blocks Glory with a big old couch long enough to grab Willow, and then on their way out, Willow yells, Thicken, which kind of freezes Glory again. But she shouts after them that this isn't over. So whatever Willow did clearly had an effect on her. So I I think they're setting up that Willow and Buffy
1: are going to be able to team up to fight her. Maybe. I mean, it wasn't enough. I feel like Buffy would have eventually lost this fight. Yeah. Because, like, Glory was, like, taking hits, but I don't know that she was taking damage. You know what I mean? Like.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe if Xander helps, too.
1: Yeah, that's all they need. Xander in there, you're set. Really, it might have just be Xander. That might be all they need.
0: Yeah, they needed him last season. So the last scene is Willow, Buffy, and Dawn taking care of Tara at her dorm. They're having some sandwiches. Dawn's having salami and peanut butter, which is weird. Super weird. But Buffy's having eggplant, which is also a little weird. Like eggplant parm is fine, or like yeah. eggplant on like a hero. But this is just like on regular bread. Who puts? Yeah, that it just sounds like gross. Regular eggplant between. Is regular... this
1: shit Tara made in her insane state? Is they were just like we're gonna eat it. Tara made this. She made us a pineapple and popcorn sandwich. Just eat it. Eat it for Tara.
0: <laughs> Tara is not all better. No, she does seem to recognize that Willow is like her support, though. Yeah. And Willow says she's going to take care of her, even if she never gets better, because she's her girl and her always. And Buffy strokes Dawn's hair and says she understands, which I think is Willow and Buffy kind of making up. Like, Willow be like, I get why you were so nuts about doing what was best for Dawn. Yeah. It's sad, but a very sweet scene. Yeah. And Dawn's helping feed Tara. I think that gives her peace, and she's feeling like she caused all this.
1: At least they just, like, have some time to rest and relax and recuperate after that craziness.
0: We both though were like, why isn't Tara being like, you don't belong here, you empty bitch, like all of Glory's other victims.
1: <laughs> you empty bitch.
0: <laughs> Everyone who's got this problem upon meeting Dawn has to tell her about it. Yeah, including her mother. But then Glory knocks down the whole fucking exterior wall in a new pink dress. Tara's like, oh no, the place is cracking. I would say so. And then Tara notices Dawn. Right in front of Gory, she starts calling her beautiful light and pure green energy. Tara, shut up.
1: Oh my God, Tara.
0: And that's how it ends. It is a little weird that Tara didn't say something sooner. Because Dawn was just like feeding her applesauce for a couple minutes, no questions asked.
1: Yeah, she wanted that applesauce. But when that applesauce ran out, she's like, who's giving this to me? Oh my God.
0: Maybe applesauce is like the antidote to the key. <laughs> yeah, okay. One thing I didn't say is... When Glory is describing to Tara what it feels like to get your brain sucked. Yeah. She specifically said, if the noise in your brain would stop, you could figure out how to get out, which makes me wonder if there'll somehow be a way to like pause the thoughts and then she can be free. Interesting. Because that felt like an intentional line. That's all. Brian, what did you think? Is it a good episode?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. We got to see be Badass. We got to really intense stuff with Tara. I mean, it wasn't a death, but it's almost like worse than a death. Yeah. So you're going to be insane from now on.
0: I feel like it won't be permanent. Okay. That's like a lot to have to always take care of her. Like, just for the show. I don't know that that's fun to watch. You know what I
1: mean? Right, right, right. But I we also got to see a fight with Glory, both with Magic and with Buffy. Um, So I liked it. I thought it was good.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. Like I said, the beginning felt a little slow,
1: but it uh, yeah. set up a lot of stuff. But then once it gets going, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. This is intense. This is good. Mm-hmm. And the ending is great. I mean, it's a cliffhanger.
0: Yeah. But it was just,
1: it's sort of what we've all been waiting for, right? It was like, Glory's like, no, I'm a fucking god. I'm here. We're doing this shit. Like, she's like, I'm not done.
0: And she knows dawn is the key.
1: Yeah. Because so often, the, you know, the villains are like, well, I'll get him next week. But like, Glory's like, no, I'm going to your house. I'm going to rip the fucking wall off. And we're going to do this. And it really just shows that, like, Glory, you can't really be messed with.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens next. Me too. I imagine it'll pick up right where I left off.
1: It'd be weird if it was like a week later.
0: They're rebuilding the dorm wall. Glory said she's sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She got a little testy. All right. Should we move on, Brian?
1: Yeah, let's move on to like a different segment.
0: A special segment we like to call Meanwhile on
1: Charmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has ever seen.
0: But we're discussing it
1: anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries, Stacy. what happened on Charmed?
0: Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 5, Episode 19, nymphs just want to have fun.
1: Ah, okay.
0: The Charmed ones help two nymphs rid themselves of a demon who was after the pond they guarded. The remaining two nymphs decide that Paige would make an excellent replacement and turn her into a nymph. Well,
1: nymphs are just too much. You know what I mean?
0: Do you know what a nymph is?
1: I mean, I think it's like a sex thing.
0: Yeah, but you think everything is a sex thing.
1: Yeah, but a a nymph in ancient Greek folklore is a minor female nature deity.
0: A beautiful maiden inhabiting rivers, woods, and other locations.
1: Okay, so I guess they don't have to be having sex.
0: But like nympho is a sex
1: thing. Right. And I thought that's what it came from, though.
0: They seem very connected to nature.
1: And there's nothing more natural than sex. Yeah, I mean, it says the ter- I'm reading on Wikipedia. The term can have a pejorative connotation regarding the sexual behavior of such women, and uh, yeah, the word nymphomania came from it.
0: Okay, so they're beautiful women who hang out in nature.
1: Yeah, that seduce
0: people, maybe.
1: Maybe I think they're just they're very pro, they're very sex positive. Sure, sure, sure. Should say that they're very sex positive. As is page. Oh yeah.
0: So two nymphs show up at the
1: house. <laughs> yeah.
0: They walk through the forest, their their feet are dirty.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh my god, I need some water.
0: Because they've heard these witches live in the city, and it's the only way to rid themselves of this demon who's trying to steal their pond, because their pond has something really cool at the bottom.
1: Yeah, unobtainium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they guard it, that's their deal.
1: Yeah. And so they're like, can you deal with this demon? They're like, sure, no problem. They take care of it pretty easy. It's like not an issue. But then when it's when Paige gets turned into an imp, that's when the real problem arises.
0: Yeah, because Phoebe and Paige are back at home, you know, coming up with solutions for them. But Paige is like, you know, I'm just going to go check out the pond myself. And then there's these two that stay behind to watch the pond. And they're like, you know what? We don't know if our sisters are coming back. You're a nymph now. And she's like, okay.
1: She was like, really? I don't want to be hanging out in water all the time. Not a huge fan of water. Tune in next week to see what happens.
0: Page says that. It was like really weird. It's like, can we just throw a doobie continued up there? It's weird when the character says it.
1: Well, she had just watched Glory rip a wall and she was like, well, I'm going to rip the fourth wall out and she just speak directly to the audience.
0: Again, I don't know that these shows were airing at the same time. Yeah,
1: it, it was exactly the same day. Now, you just don't need to Google this, OK? Don't need to Google it and like fact check me and put like a Facebook false information flag at what I'm saying. But these happened on exactly the same day. So she's stuck being a nymph. She's like, I don't want to be a replacement. The other nymphs are like, cool, we thought we would get into some kisses. And she's like, no, that's not happening. I get don't want to be a nymph. Get into
0: some kisses? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to explain that more. With each other? With with other people?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: Which, which one? With each other?
1: Which, which? All the witches. Nymphs are down. They are DTF, okay? Down to French. They're down to French. <laughs> They're down to finger. They're down to feel all the Fs. That's why they call them nymphos.
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Didn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, so ends with two nymphs at the house with the girls. Paige is a nymph at the pond with the other two. I'm interested. I'm unhappy interested in that she is a nymph.
1: Yeah. Well, this has been Meanwhile Uncharred. We just want to take a second now to let you guys know about Summer Water, a very special product from our friends at Wink.com.
0: Summerwater is an award-winning, highly praised, dry rose and one of Wink's top-selling products. It's so well liked that Wink gave it its own wine club, the Summerwater Societe.
1: Societe members receive 10% off their orders, free shipping, and random surprises included in the delivery.
0: You can order packs of four, eight, or twelve bottles, including the regular Summerwater rose, or try their chilled red. It's also available in summer water rosé droplets, which are fun-sized single-serving bottles.
1: Stay stocked in rosé for your summer events and all year round.
0: If you're interested, you can sign up using the summer water link in our episode description. So then, we watched Gilmore Girls. Brian, will you tell our friends about But I'm a Gilmore?
1: This episode is about relationships becoming official and also about some new family drama. So this episode picks up right where the last one ended. Everyone is waking up in the Gilmore house, super hungover. Rory wakes up on the bathroom floor. They all go into the kitchen. Uh, Per sees Kirk riding the struggle bus, and she asks him if he's hungover for some Founder's Day punch. And he's like, no, it's Abba Zabba. So apparently Kirk is hungover because he had too many chocolate bars.
0: (laughs) He's like, oh, I think I got a cavity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got to stop partying like this. Then hero mom Lorelai shows up with a bunch of tacos to help with their hangovers. Kirk asks if she's got any Mars bars. He's like, you know, here are the dog. That was all very funny. Lorelai meets Rory in the other room, and I feel like nicely mentions that she doesn't like seeing Rory like that. I feel like she's being a good mom. She's all like, you got drunk, it happens. I don't love that that happened, but you know, she's not like making Rory feel too bad about it, I feel like. But then she also asks about some of the things Rory said about Logan when she was drunk and crying. And then Roar just abruptly ends the conversation by walking away. She's just like, yeah, I'm going to get coffee by and went to the other room. Leaving Lorelai with one of those like, oh, but,
0: uh, what, what, mm, ah, faces. Why are we pretending they drank at night?
1: Yeah, you're right. That You talked about the timeline not making any sense and you were absolutely right.
0: I went back and looked at the previous episode. They are having breakfast and Lorelai says, the museum tour is this morning. Let's yeah. go. And then they go and then they start drinking punch and have a few glasses of punch. And Lorelai takes the tour and they go home. So unless the tour is like 15 hours long, they drank at like 10 a.m.
1: Yeah. And maybe Rory went home and threw up for a couple hours. But like, what? Lorelai
0: specifically says like, well, you were so drunk last night. But it was it was not lunchtime yet.
1: This is just straight up a mistake. It doesn't make any sense.
0: The episodes only aired a week apart. It wasn't like, oh, they'll forget. It's been a month.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they would make that mistake.
0: Yeah, I I guess just because it was easier to have her wake up in the bathroom. I don't, I don't know. They could have made it the time pass. She could still be hungover from getting drunk the previous afternoon or have the museum tour be later in the day, the previous day. Yeah. They just like kept calling it at night. I was like, no.
1: Even if the tour lasted four hours. I mean, that's silly, but let's say it did. It's still not enough time. Like it would have to be like a 10 hour tour.
0: It's light out when Rory is in the bathroom in the previous episode. Yeah. So they were home by like seven.
1: Maybe it's the same day. She just throws up for like a little while. I know that's not the case. This is not the first time that Gilmore has gotten like timelines totally wrong either. It's like that time that Rory went looking for her like souvenir of Dean's. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Rory heads over to Logan's to tell him that she doesn't want to continue in a casual relationship anymore. She's essentially just like, hey, we're breaking up, it's not a big deal. You, like, set the terms, and I agreed to them, and you don't owe me anything, so I'm not mad. I'm just letting you know that this isn't who I am. I'm not, like, a friends-with-benefits girl. I'm, like, a boyfriend-girlfriend girl. Logan's attempts to, like, keep the status quo and, like, smooth things over with her are, like, pretty hampered. When, like, his roommate shows up and is like, hey, there's a girl with, like, a hot accent on the phone. And then later a girl just shows up at his door, and she's like, hey, can I uh, get you to get me lunch? So he's fighting an uphill battle. But says, like, hey, we're breaking up. He just starts like pacing and he gets like visibly upset and he's like you can't do this you can't just drop an ultimatum that's not fair she says it's not an ultimatum and it's not because she doesn't offer the possibility that like we can stay together if a boyfriend and girlfriend she seems resigned to be like hey that's not gonna happen that's fine fine and at some point he just like suddenly like breaks and is like fine i'll do it i'll be your boyfriend whatever i know this is like totally new for me this whole uh monogamous thing but i'm gonna try it let's do it it's kind of cool because I feel like so he's pacing because he's like I don't want to have to do this but like I can't lose Rory. Like I love Rory. He didn't say love but like I feel like he's he's willing to give up all of this, like yeah. his harem of women so that he can be with her even though his his whole lifestyle is like polyamorous, you know? He's got like an extra robe just for the girls that stay over. So it I think it's a big deal that he's like, "Okay, I'm giving up all of that lifestyle to be with you."
0: I think the show's done a pretty good job of showing that She's been more special to him than most girls.
1: Yeah. I feel like some people, from what I heard during the live viewing, saw this as him like being a jerk, but I I don't know that I see it that way. I feel like he is maybe being a bit aggressive in the way he's talking to her, but it's more like to keep you, I have to change my entire lifestyle. And I don't know. Like he needs a minute to process that. Like she's essentially breaking up with him for, as far as he can see, no reason. And she's saying there is no reason. Like everything was going according to what we decided, but. Now I'm saying that those terms do not apply to me anymore. So, and I feel like he's like, oh, I'm upset. I don't know what to deal with it. And then he's like, all right, fine. I'll do whatever I need to do to keep you. I don't know. I actually kind of saw it as like, Logan clearly cares about her.
0: mm mm-hmm. Like he's a little aggressive when he's like, oh, you're giving me an all, like he's kind of yelling at her, but he's not like lying to her about anything.
1: I don't know that I'm on team Logan right now. Don't worry, you guys. Logan's done a lot of shit I don't like, especially their first meeting. But I do feel like the show is telling us that he legit cares about Rory. The show has convinced me that he wants to change so he can be with Rory, but I don't know that the show has convinced me that he will be able to change to be with Rory, at least not yet. Sure. Much like when Rory was like, yeah, I can do no strings attached, and she was like, oh, I can't. Maybe Logan's like, yeah, I can do full strings, but maybe he can't. We'll see. Meanwhile, Paris arrives back at her dorm to find a dying Doyle in her bed. (laughs) He's not really dying. He's just super, super sick. He says he's dying. Yeah. Yeah. He's been sick and his roommates kicked him out because they don't want to get sick before they have a big uh, final exams. So he came to Paris's dorm, but she wasn't there. She was at Stars Hollow. So he just crawled into the bed to wait for her. So this whole time while she's like, oh, he's avoiding calling me. He's really just been like wasting away in this bed waiting for her to come home.
0: He's such a baby.
1: Yeah, he totally is.
0: It was so funny because you, when we did this for the watch party, were like peak sick. Yeah. I mean, maybe it wasn't peak sick, but you were not feeling great. No, no. You were all. very Doyle this week leading up to that viewing. Yeah.
1: I feel like I handled myself better than Doyle. I never was like, I can't do anything, but
0: <laughs> right. that's how I felt. It, it felt familiar to me. <laughs> okay. He's like, feel my head. I just want you to feel how hot I am.
1: And, she, and she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Why would I touch your head? I'm not a shaman. I can't heal you. That was very funny.
0: Yeah, she's very weirded out by all of this.
1: Yeah, she does like it's funny, too, because like Paris says that sick people freak her out. And Doyle calls her out on that. It's like, but you're pre-med. Yeah, (laughs) which is also interesting because I assume she was trying to be a journalist because she's like on the paper and everything. But I guess she's pre-med. I can't remember what they've said before. When Paris comes back, she brings her nanny. That's her Portuguese maid slash nanny. Nanny just like walks right in the room and like just rips Doyle's shirt off and just starts roughly rubbing some like home brewed bad smelling salve onto him. While Doyle (laughs) just like sort of takes it like, what's happening? And then she puts on like some shirt of Paris's on him while he recovers. He's not excited about this, but we'll get back to them later. Meanwhile, at the inn, Suki calls to check in after her doctor's appointment. She's on bed rest right now. And honestly, there's just like so many very quick, funny jokes here. Michelle answers the phone and says like, oh, it's Suki for you, Lorelai. She's just got back from the doctor. And Lorelai's like, oh, did Suki say how she is? And then Michelle responds to someone who may have asked her. I'm sure she would have. <laughs> I love that Michelle's just like unabashedly a mean person. Mm-hmm. Then Suki complains that Dr. Mank put her on bed rest until Little Cherry or Norit comes out. And Lorelai just replies, well, we'll get to the names in a second. <laughs> and then <laughs> starts asking her about the bed rest. It's so funny. She's just like, yeah, we're going to address those names, but there's other things we have to do right now.
0: Yeah, that was super funny.
1: Suki is pissed because, like I said, the doctor put her on bed rest so she can't make dinner for the inn. But Lorelai's like, don't worry, we're going to handle it.
0: Specifically on the menu this week is ducks, which is a problem for Brian, as you may have gathered.
1: I don't know if Amy like knows about this or what, but yes, the main course is ducks, which my notes has changed to fox about forty times.
0: They say duck like a thousand times this episode.
1: Yeah. So anyway, Suki's upset because the fucks are going to be bad. <laughs> Lorelei goes in the kitchen, and Michelle explains what all of the kitchen staff does. Again, super funny, because he, like, says, like, oh, that guy does the dishes. That guy does the oven. That guy cleans up. And then there's one creepy guy who just, like, sits in the corner of the kitchen, and Michelle's all like, I don't know what he does, but we should definitely check his trunk before he leaves.
0: We (laughs) never find out.
1: just sits there the whole time.
0: I was like, I can't decide if it'd be funnier if we do find out or we don't ever know. And I don't think we ever find out.
1: Right. Well, the big problem is that Suki, you know, micromanages a lot of stuff and no one knows how to do the work she does the same way she does it. And there's like a subplot here where she's supposed to have been looking for a replacement for while she's on maternity leave and maybe has not been doing that. So like calls Luke for help. He comes over and gets to work filling in for Suki. He's all like, no problem. We got this. But a little later, Suki calls, you know, just to check in, see how everything's going. All friendly like. But then she starts freaking out when she finds out he isn't straining the sauces exactly like she does. He's like, I promise to do it. She doesn't believe him. And Suki is not done calling. She calls again and again, somehow finding problems with all of his cooking and critiquing it from her house. Luke at some point catches a kitchen employee who's like sneaking food in and out through a Tupperware and puts it together that they're bringing her the food so she could taste it to make sure he's making it right. He's like, that has to stop. He makes a big announcement, makes everyone, including Suki, promise that no more food will leave the premises. It's very specifically worded.
0: There's some funny lines in that call. She's mad because he put goat cheese in the fennel salad. He's like, you he had goat cheese just sitting there. She's like, well, he had some brillo pads sitting there. You want to toss some of those in there, too?
1: Yeah, that was super funny.
0: It was, it was kind of cute, Luke interacting with the kitchen staff. Like, he was kind of in his element.
1: Yeah, he was. I think he's a really good cook. And he, like, can speak Spanish and stuff. And he's, like, speaking with the staff.
0: They have set up that he cooks well. yeah. Besides Unless she's his upset. diner food.
1: Don't upset him, Suki, or he's <laughs> going to start cooking like garbage. Logan and Rory go out for lunch, and she feels better, both physically and emotionally, because things are going great with Logan until they head back to his dorm and find a blonde sitting on his couch who says, well, look how long you make a girl wait for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then Logan excitedly hugs the woman, and Rory is not pleased. But, 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 this isn't just some member of his harem. This is his sister, Honor. So Rory is super relieved. Yeah. Honor is getting married, and she needs Logan to be at the family dinner for the announcement. She's worried that the family's not going to like this, and she mentions that she supported him in a bunch of the things he's done, including bailing him out of his, like, yacht-sinking situation last summer. She's also very excited to meet Rory, especially when he shockingly introduces Rory as his girlfriend. Honor says that she's never heard him call anyone his girlfriend Ooh. other than someone from Who's the Boss? That's funny. Then Honor insists that Rory also come to dinner. So Rory's like, cool, I'm going to go to dinner. It's going to be great. So Rory heads home to go grab like a fancy blue dress where she runs into her mother. Rory just says to her mom like, hey, I'm going to tell you something and I, I kind of don't want you to respond because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like I know you're not going to like this. So she just lays out the Logan situation. Like, we, I went there, I told him what's up. We're boyfriend girlfriend now. I'm going to go meet his parents. Lorelai uh, doesn't look pleased. It's very funny because Lorelai picks up a pillow when she arrives home because she thinks there's someone strange in the house. It's Rory. She didn't think Rory was there. And she just, like, holds the pillow in front of her mouth because she can't respond. Yeah. I don't know what she would have said to Rory here because I feel like Rory's not giving her a chance to speak, but, like, what would Lorelai have said?
0: You were just crying on the bathroom about this guy, and now you're meeting his parents? I suppose so.
1: I mean, I feel like I would have, I would ask that question, and then if I were... I mean, Rory's got a good response. Like, yeah, I was drunk, and I shouldn't have done that, and yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, Lorelai's been pretty clearly not yeah, on true. Team Logan.
1: I don't know if she's not on Team Logan. I feel like she's not on Team Casual Logan.
0: Sure, that's fair. But I think Rory can in- infer that... Lorelai might be like, what? What? Why yeah. are you now yeah. committing to this guy who you couldn't commit to you and was making you sad because he wasn't even calling you when you were supposedly doing good and now he's your boyfriend? Okay.
1: Sounds like you have some shit to say to Rory.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I have a pillow in my mouth, so.
1: Rory heads back to her dorm where she runs into Nanny, who, since Doyle has fallen asleep, is now cleaning her sheets and buffing her shoes to keep busy. <laughs> Paris congratulates Rory on landing the white whale that is Logan, Rory's like, it's not a big deal. It was all about just making Logan focus on the situation. That lights a light bulb above Paris's head.
0: I thought it was cute when Paris was like, you don't remember Nanny? That makes me sad. Nanny liked you. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> Paris has mentioned Nanny a lot. She like, yeah. really likes Nanny.
0: I think Rory's maybe only met her maybe t- once. She was at graduation, and maybe yeah. she met her at her house.
1: But And to Nanny's credit, she did a great job cleaning Rory's room. She says as much. Yeah,
0: but maybe Rory should remember Nanny. Yeah, i got some things to say to you, Rory.
1: Rory doesn't want to hear how you feel about Nanny. <laughs> when we later get back to Paris and Doyle, Doyle is feeling much better and has completely accepted Nanny's help. They're like best buds now. She's teaching him Portuguese and he's just like happily rubbing the magic salve onto his own chest. <laughs> but then Paris withholds the NyQuil from him and she's all like, uh, yeah, we need to talk about our relationship. Clearly taking the advice of Rory, she's like, Doyle, focus. Yeah. And then the next time we see them, Paris mentions that Doyle is now saying it wouldn't be crazy for her to possibly maybe call him her boyfriend.
0: She does say they're in a committed relationship, though. It's not vague anymore.
1: Yeah. When Rory gets to Logan's house, first of all, let me just say, yeah, it's very nice. Also, his car is super nice. When they get there, she mentions that he looks nervous. And he's like, yeah, my parents can be a bit much sometimes. But she assures him that like several years of Friday night dinners have prepared her for just the situation. She is ready for it. Logan introduces Rory to his mother, who seems to be, like, nice, but, like, kind of fake nice. I don't know. She doesn't seem very sincerely nice. Like, she says nice things about Emily, but it's got a vibe of, like, oh, you're Emily's granddaughter, so I'm going to say nice things about Emily, I guess. Like, that's how it feels. Mm -hmm.
0: The house is very big. Like, Rory's very impressed. Like, it's so much bigger than the Gilmore house.
1: Yeah. Logan also introduces Rory to his grandfather, who seems like a cartoon old man villain. Yeah, he just literally sits there silently, angrily glaring at everyone and just rattles the ice in his drink like he's about to play Yahtzee. <laughs> he's just so angry. You can just see he's like fuming on the inside. Finally, a maid shows up with like a tray with a single envelope on it. The envelope has a message saying that Logan's father is going to be late, so they're going to start dinner. How th- That that was the moment where I was like, oh, they're mega rich. Like, your staff brings phone messages on a tray in an envelope. It
0: wasn't the giant house that told you that?
1: No. You can have a giant house and not be wealthy. But this is like, oh, you're, like, opulent.
0: Logan also pacified Grandpa by making him a drink, which is maybe what he was asking for with the ice shaking.
1: Yeah, maybe. But obviously there's more going on. But this experience, even though Rory loves this place, the experience only gets colder than this. Grandpa is, let's just say, a lot, okay? Okay. At some point, Grandpa slams his fist on the table. This is right around when Honor suggests that Rory, Logan, and her fiancé go boating next summer. He just, like, slams his hand down. Then he blames it on the food being too hot and demands a salad instead from the maid. But then when the maid brings him a salad, he's like, what is this? Get, a- get away from me. <laughs> Logan's mom gets uncomfortable and starts, like, nervously and not so secretly smoking out the window. Like, at first she goes away and smokes, and then later she's just... Sort of smoking half behind a curtain. Grandpa is annoyed because they're waiting for Logan's dad before they address the elephant in the room before them. The big important matter. Now, we, the viewers, are being misdirected. We're being led to believe that they are all upset about Honor's engagement to this guy named Josh. Josh has said, like, two words quietly to, like, (laughs) Logan. (laughs) He's not talking. But this is all a misdirect. It seems they have already begrudgingly accepted Josh, but they are actually upset that Logan is now in a serious relationship with Rory, someone they don't think is suitable to marry into their family. Grandpa just, like, straight up says this, and Mom chimes in and agrees that Rory wasn't bred for this life. She wants to, like, work and travel, and that's not what the family business needs. They definitely, like, try to say stuff like, This wouldn't work for Rory. This isn't what Rory really wants. But also, like, we def don't want Rory. (laughs) Like, I feel like it's not very diplomatic. Like, they try to be like, well, Rory wouldn't like this. But, like, also she couldn't do it. Specifically saying, like, she wasn't bred for this. That's like a red flag word, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And they say it's not because of Lorelai. But it is kind of. You mean
1: Emily? I feel like they don't say Lorelai. No,
0: they say it's not because of her mother. She just wasn't raised this way. Oh. And they don't, like blame Lorelei, but they kind of blame the way that Rory was raised because she wasn't like raised by
1: Richard and Emily. You think so? I got the impression and you know more about the show than I do. I got the impression that they think that the Gilmores are also beneath them.
0: I think that is maybe true. Uh, yeah.
1: Maybe I'm wrong. That's how I read it though is that they were like even if you were Richard's like amazing granddaughter raised 100% like that you just don't that's it's still beneath us. That name doesn't even touch us.
0: Yeah, I that's maybe not wrong. But what kind of woman do you think they want him to be with? Like, they obviously want someone that's a name, but not someone that's, like, trying to have her own career.
1: I mean, I get, just gathered from what I'm reading here is that there's a wife whose whole job is to be, like, a bit of a trophy wife slash, like, willing to do whatever Logan needs for the business.
0: Yeah. And
1: like Probably like an the Emily. business is her job. Yeah, very much like an Emily, where, like, her job is to support Logan's job. And to have kids.
0: But they're, like, mad at Logan because he should know that his job is to inherit the business and have the appropriate wife.
1: Right. Logan's mom even goes so far as to, like, wistfully ask about some, like, other girl he used to date. Yeah. Like, right in front of Rory. She's like, whatever happened to her? I liked her. It was like, you can't, you really? Right in front of Rory?
0: I, I know. Did they, like, need to have this conversation with Rory there? Couldn't they have, like, called Logan the next day and been like can we talk to you about this, though? It was cute you brought her over, but, like, no. Maybe Logan's dad being there would have made things calmer and, like, Grandpa wouldn't have had this
1: outburst. Right. I don't know. It does seem way too much. Like, even if you're above the Gilmores, like, the Venn diagrams of your social life still interact, Mm -hmm. like, overlap. So, like, you probably don't want to, like, ostracize this young girl. You would, like, you have this conversation privately with Logan. Finally, Logan is just like, yeah, I'm done with this. He excuses himself and takes Rory with him. They run into his father on the way out. His father seems maybe more reasonable on the way out. The father's like, hey, what happened? Why is mom smoking? I had like a terrible long day at work. What's going on? And he's like, well, you know, the family sucks. And he leaves.
0: Logan's kind of like, you know why. So he must have had some idea. I mean, he knows his dad. He must have known. He maybe also had been told what was going on or something.
1: And poor Rory just like can't understand why they don't accept her and like why they don't think she's good enough. She's like, I'm a Gilmore. The episode title comes from.
0: Yeah, she's like, they're fine with Josh. Josh sucks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, Logan's like, well, he's not marrying the heir of the family fortune.
0: You are, which is also weird. This is, like, their first date. Like, maybe they won't even work out. But I guess it also makes sense that they're concerned because this is the first time Logan's been serious about anyone, so they must assume she means more than... The
1: mother was upset because they're like, we hear you're calling her your girlfriend? Like... That's, like, that means it's serious. Like, it seems to me that the family has very much enabled and encouraged his lifestyle, like, sow those wild oats. Like, yeah, hook up with girls, but these aren't, you're not going to be with these girls. Like, keep it casual, please, until it's time.
0: It also kind of seems like if they really hated Honor's boyfriend, they would have told her by now.
1: Yeah, I agree. They probably are just like, you aren't exciting, but, like, whatever, it doesn't matter.
0: He's still going to, like, father their grandchildren.
1: Right. Logan takes Rory home, but they don't speak in the car. And then he sort of just, like, drops her off and says he doesn't want to go get food when she suggests it. And instead, he just, like, wants to be alone and, like, clear his head because he's got a lot of thoughts going on. So Rory's sad and calls her mom. We'll get to that later. At the inn, Luke is doing great. Lorelai says that some of the clients have left cards that say that they love Luke's food. Like, everything was great. And he decided last minute to just use some lamb chops they had sitting around. He was probably looking for those Brillo pads. Found the lamb chops. And decided to serve those as well, and those are a big hit.
0: They also said the fuck was exceptional.
1: It was the best fuck they'd ever had. (laughs) The fuck sauce had been strained twice. Uh, He's only been straining the fuck sauce once, actually. Oh, yeah. Suki's like, you gotta strain the fuck sauce twice. He's like, what if I strain the fuck sauce three times? She's like, that is gonna be too smooth. Anyway, Luke is doing great. He's getting along with all of the staff. He was like, you know, I would definitely fire Caesar for some of these staff, like Manny over there. But then he notices one of the staff going upstairs with some food. So he follows him to find, you guessed it, Suki upstairs on bed rest in one of the rooms. Suki and the staff are keeping their word that they're not taking food off the premises. (laughs) So she just got wheeled to the premises where she is testing all the food. Later, Jackson shows up and like starts yelling at Luke. It's kind of funny because he's all like, I know you could beat me up, but I'm going to come kick your ass unless you kick mine. Like very much like I'm mad and yelling at you because I'm supposed to, but I know you could kill me. Luke gets so mad at this, he like stomps out of the kitchen, goes over to the lower line, starts ranting about all of this and says he isn't going to take it anymore. He's through. But then he's like, but we're in a relationship and I know that I'm not actually through. All I can do is say I'm through, but then I'm going to go back in the kitchen and keep working on those fucks.
0: (laughs) I thought that was funny. I think he did a good job performing that.
1: I do, too. It was great because it was almost just like I need to rant, even though it doesn't mean anything. It's just who I am. (laughs)
0: Like, Suki's being so crazy in this episode, but they have set up that she's, like, kind of nuts about her kitchen, and that she does weird things when she's pregnant, so it it, it makes sense.
1: Of all the stuff that Suki has done that's, like, crazy, and they've, like, pulled the Suki's acting crazy card a couple times, I feel like this one is the most on brand. Yeah. this does make sense. And I don't know. I feel like the Luke stuff was funny. I I liked it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Laurel and I find Suki outside, still on bed rest. Uh, She's lying in the back of a golf cart that Jackson is driving her home in. Suki admits that Luke's lamb chops are amazing and she really wants the recipe and also admits that she hasn't been looking for a replacement to cover her during maternity leave. So they agree that they're going to let Manny, one of their staff, run stuff while she's gone. They're like, you'll just train him up and he'll be able to do it.
0: She like already had trained him. They just like hadn't really given him a chance. Like Luke pointed out that he was good.
1: yes. I like this scene because I feel like it was like Suki can be crazy and she can criticize Luke, but like acknowledges that Luke is a good cook, though, because even if she is mad at him, it's like, but he's also is talented. Yeah. He's she's, probably not as talented as her, obviously, but he's very talented.
0: She's going to study his lamp chops. Yeah. Jackson can be crazy, too, but it was also kind of cute that he was like defending her so valiantly.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of the episode of Buffy uh, where was it bothered, bewitched and bewildered?
0: Bewitched, bothered, bewildered.
1: Yeah, where Xander casts that spell and Oz shows up and just punches Xander. And he's like, I don't know why I did that, but Willow's very upset about you for some reason. <laughs> and then, like, helps Xander up. Luke falls asleep at Lorelai's. Apparently, his lamb chop recipe is a secret because she tries to get it from him while he's, like, half asleep. Well, this is when Rory calls her mom and starts telling her about the nightmare Huntsburger dinner she just had. She tells her mom about Logan and how he stood up for her in front of the parents, but was really silent on the way home and then. Like he didn't really want to talk afterwards. And she's afraid now that he's rethinking their relationship, specifically his commitment to her, after everything that was said. Lorelai tells her daughter that she knows she doesn't want to hear this, but she's going to tell her anyway. That, you know, if Logan does want to just bail and leave her, then, like, maybe he's not worth being with. Lorelai does specifically mention that, like, gives him points for sticking up for her at the, the dinner, though. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you know, maybe he's not worth it. She lays out that maybe Logan's not good for her and that he wasn't the commitment guy. And she was just hoping she could change him. And Rory's all like, yeah, well, maybe he wanted to change. Lorelai reminds her about like sobbing in the bathroom floor, crying about Logan. But then Logan shows up at the door and he apologizes for taking off. He was just like, I had a lot in my head, but that still doesn't excuse what I did. I shouldn't have done that. And then offers to take her out for some food. So Rory's like, yeah, one second. And she's, like, super happy now. And she's like, hey, mom, did you hear all that? Because she was on hold. Lorelai's like, yeah, I did. But seems like she's got more to say and, like, doesn't really believe that things are fixed. But Rory's all like, everything's good now. Bye-bye. And then goes out to eat.
0: Rory also said, like, I don't care what his family thinks. We're good together.
1: I, I, I feel like her relationship with Logan is, I'm not quite sure how we're supposed to feel. Are we supposed to feel that she is blinded by her love? I feel like we are supposed to feel that way a little bit. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, maybe, but it does seem like they have something.
1: I agree. I don't think the show is saying Logan's a piece of shit. Maybe he is. I feel like the show is trying to tell us that Logan does care about her. He does want this to work. He's got problem. He's a flawed character, just like any good television character. But I do feel like she's like, I'm in love. Everything's fine. Like when went, she went from like depressed to like, everything's great. I'm happy. And I feel like we've seen that switch a few times with her. Yeah, this up and down roller coaster with Logan, and I, I'm just curious what the show's telling us because Lorelai's obviously upset, but that doesn't mean she's right. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the information that Lorelai has, I do think she's right to think Rory should be concerned. Yeah, but Lorelai also hasn't seen their chemistry or anything. Yeah, you know, so I I don't I don't know that either of them are like wrong. R- Rory might be being a little too excited about it when it's new and. She doesn't know that Logan can commit, necessarily.
1: Right. And that whole aspect of, like, I want to change this man is, like, a trope of, is that a good idea? Like, a lot of times men don't want to change.
0: But Rory wasn't like, I want to change you. She, like, gave him an out. And he's like, no, I want to do this.
1: Yeah, but her conversation with her mom was like, maybe he wants to change. I want to change it. Like, it's like a little...
0: Yeah, but, like, Logan literally said, I think I can change. Which yeah, that's true. Rory relaying that to her mom, Lorelai might think she's, like, reading into it or exaggerating, yeah. but, like, Logan did say that, which we saw. Yeah. I think the show's trying to tell us that Logan really cares about Rory. But I don't blame Lorelai for not trusting.
1: I agree with that. But like I said, I don't know that the show is telling us that Logan is ready to completely change. Right. Even if he thinks he is.
0: I don't know that it's showing us, oh, he's probably not gonna, though.
1: No, I agree with you. You know, he's not like checking out some
0: girl's ass on the way to dinner
1: or something like that. Like, there's no clues to say he's
0: not gonna change. I agree with you. But we also don't have evidence that he's gonna. You're right.
1: And I do feel like, you know, as much as Rory and Lorelai are like feuding about this, I feel like it's not crazy for Lorelai to be like, all right, but you should think about these things. Yeah. Like, it's not a terrible... Like, I feel like if Lane said this to Rory, she'd listen.
0: Yeah, I think Lorelai's points were all valid.
1: Yeah, but I could could totally see how you wouldn't want to hear this from your mom.
0: But also, like, if Logan knocked on the door and was like, actually, I think I want to not do this. My parents aren't happy about it. We just started dating. Maybe you're right. I'm not commitment guy. I don't know that Rory would, like, beg him to stay because it's so new. You know what I mean? I think she would let him go. Yeah. Maybe she would have a conversation, but... You know what I mean? It's not like they've been dating six months or something. I think she'd be really sad and hurt and maybe would hope they get back together. But I don't know that she's going to, like, beg for it to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Is he in your lap?
1: He's walking by me. We have one more scene. The next day at the school paper, Mr. Huntsberger shows up. Mr. Huntsberger apologizes for what his wife and what his either father or father-in-law says. His wife called him dad, but I got the impression it was his dad.
0: Yeah, no, I think so.
1: Huntsberger says that what they said was wrong, totally inappropriate, inexcusable. And he wants to apologize by giving Rory an internship at one of his papers. She's like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And then she's like, no, uh, you know, she kind of reluctantly turns it down. And then he like is very confused. He turns back. and He's like, like, why? Why would you not take this? And she's like, well, you know, you're giving it to me out of guilt as an apology because you feel like you have to. And I, you know, I want to earn it. And then he's like, well, well who cares? He's like, I'm giving you a really good internship. It's an amazing opportunity. Who cares why you got it? You should take every opportunity that's handed to you. So she agrees to do it.
0: That's maybe not. And I think he's I right. Advice. yeah.
1: I think he's right. It's sort of like, yeah, you didn't earn it. But like, also, there's going to be times where you should have gotten in. It's taken away from you. Yeah. And it's not like you're taking it away from some guy right next to you who's going to have it. Like someone was going to get this internship. And fucking Rory deserves it. Like she can do it. Mm-hmm. So she agrees to do it, and he's like, bring a pencil. So I'm interested to see where that goes. I'm interested to learn about Logan's father, because he seems level-headed, at least compared to his like crazy dad and like wife, but I suspect that he's not all sunshine and roses, since Logan has indicated as much. Right. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Stacey, do you think this is a good episode of Gilmore Girls?
0: Um, it was okay. I don't really remember this one, honestly. Like, almost yeah. none of it was familiar. I think the Suki stuff is pretty forgettable. Rory meeting Logan's parents isn't forgettable, but I didn't really remember.
1: Yeah, it seems like kind of a big thing.
0: But I I don't know. Some big stuff happened for sure. And there was some funny stuff with Luke and Suki. Yeah. And I liked the tension between Lorelai and Rory. But yeah, I don't know that it was like a particularly awesome episode, but it wasn't bad at all.
1: Yeah, it wasn't It uh, wasn't bad. It was funny, like any Gilmore Girls, but it wasn't, like, crazy funny. But it was still funny. It had some great moments.
0: Yeah, it just didn't have, like, I don't know, the scene at Logan's parents' house was just kind of, like, sad. Like, his parents were so over the top.
1: Yeah. Almost unbelievably so. Like, the uh-huh. way, how rude they were was, like, would anyone be this rude? Really?
0: So the drama was, like, too over the top, but that scene, like, also was not funny at all. Yeah. So like, a big chunk of it was that. But I don't know, them deciding to be boyfriend and girlfriend was, like, sweet. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I'm interested in how Lorelai's feeling about Rory's situation.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see, like, we're finally starting to see, like, Emily and Richard's world outside of Emily and Richard. Yeah. Like, we've seen, like, her coming out party or whatever, her debutante ball or whatever, but, like, this was like, oh, these are all the chess pieces that we hear about but we don't see.
0: No, I think that's, like, one of the more fascinating parts of the show is yeah. that Rory is being kind of sucked into this world that I worked so hard to yeah. keep her from. Yeah. That's just, like, interesting drama they've kind of been setting up from the beginning, probably. So, yeah, it was not bad. Which episode do you think was better, Brian?
1: I think I'm going to go Buffy.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. It was just a bigger episode.
1: We just had some real emotional stuff on Buffy.
0: Uh-huh. Big stuff happened in Gilmore, but I think it wasn't as hard-hitting as what happened in Buffy.
1: Yeah. But it, I liked Gilmore. But, yeah, I'm going to go Buffy.
0: It's not a crazy blowout, but it's. I think Buffy has a bit of an edge here. Well, if you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 5, Episode 20, How Many Crow Pogs to Cape Cod.
1: As well as both the Vampire Slayers Season 5, Episode 20, Spiral.
0: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast.
1: Do you think Lorelai's being too judgmental against Logan?
0: Yeah, is Lorelai wrong? Does Spike actually have empathy for Dawn, or is it all selfishly motivated by his interest in Buffy?
1: Isn't capitalism great?
0: What do you think's better, Suki's duck sauce or Luke's lamb chops?
1: Have you ever tried triple-strained fuck sauce? Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches based on each episode, and more.
0: Or send us an email at Reviews at gmail.com. That's brian with a Y, stacy with an EY.
1: From our bonus content, find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash brianandstacy, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel, host monthly live streamed watch parties of Buffy and Gilmore Girls, post monthly podcast outtakes, and share early extended episode previews.
0: And shout out to all of our new Patreon subscribers, Kai, Gothic Phoenix, and Rebecca Glover. Thank you. For more non-podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also call Brian and Stacy.
1: If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode descriptions or in our social media bios.
0: And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast.
1: I'm going to make some pork loin. It's going to be good.
0: You're going to make pork loin? Yeah. You think you're Luke now?
1: I, yeah, I am Luke. I don't want to make it, but I'm in a relationship with you, so I'm going to go right in that kitchen. I'm going to make dinner for us.
0: Right. I gotta finish the podcast that comes out tomorrow.
1: Oh, yeah, These people will be angry at us. Thank you so much guys for tuning in. Have a great week.
0: Have a great week.
1: Goodbye.